Welcome to another edition of On the Inside Track. Have you ever wondered how a person became who they are today? How did they come to certain beliefs? How did they choose a particular path? Who or what influenced the person they are now? Join me, Debbie Hazelton, on the Inside Track as one-on-one my guests and I explore defining moments from there to here on the Inside Track. My guest is someone that many of you may know from our community, Gabriel Lopez. Hey, Gabriel. Hey, Debbie. How are you? I'm really good, and it's great to get to spend time with you. Likewise. So I know you you are the president of BPI, correct? That is correct. I uh, became president okay. of BPI in 2018. And you had already been a member of that for how long? Well, I've been a member of BPI since 2008, then uh, became more active with the organization in 2012 uh, when we had Mm -hmm. convention in Louisville, or I'm sorry, I should say it correctly, Louisville. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wow. So you've really seen it go through a lot of change and you've been a huge part of helping it to evolve into so much more, actually. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, BPI is as much a part of me as I think I am a part of BPI. <laughs> there's there's so many stories to tell and there's um, so much to say about my relationship with <clears throat> BPI. And for those out there who don't know, uh, BPI stands for Blind LGBT Pride International. The organization was not always, actually, when I joined in 2008, it was called B Flag, uh, which was That's right. blind. You remember? Blind friends of mm-hmm. lesbian and gays. Then it changed to something more inclusive, uh, says Blind LGBT Pride International, because we do have members mm-hmm. from outside. Uh, the U.S., and we are a proud special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. So Correct. Yeah. So Well, I know you and I had a very close conversation last year in Rochester. Oh, yeah. About that, that not everyone, you know, that a lot of, just like you did your show about gender a couple of weeks ago, that, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's a fluid kind of thing. And I mean, in that no one feel a lot of people know that they do not feel exclusively or um, extremely totally as either or of a lot of things like, I mean, you know, male, female, gay, straight. uh, And even with we know in our own community, blind or sighted, we have a yeah. lot of people that are not extremely or exclusively at one end or the other of that continuum. Yeah, and that is that is uh, what BPI stands for: being mm-hmm. bringing uh, people together. Uh, you know, sharing one <laughs> um, common denominator, which is humanity. Just be human exactly. and be yourself, and. Um, Obviously, the uh, 
mission of BPI is to promote the awareness and inclusion of those of us who are blind or visually impaired members of the LGBT community. Um, mm -hmm. That is the core of our organization. However, like you said it uh, just a moment ago, we're not exclusive. That is the mission and that is the advocacy that we uh, mainly center our efforts around, but it's not exclusive. Actually, we, you know, like we always say, we, we love our allies and uh, both sided and non-LGBT. So, so yeah, we're, we're, we're just uh, an open family where you can come as you are. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about who you are. Now, On the Inside Track is a show about defining moments that have led mm -hmm. to various choices. So I wonder mm -hmm. what you would like to say about some landmark kinds of moments in your life that have led you to some <laughs> of the choices that you have wow. made. Wow. <laughs> 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 Many uh, of my ACB friends and family members know that I was not born and raised here in the United States. I was actually born and raised in Honduras in Central America. My childhood was, I'm an only child. Um, mm. I have a uh, half brother and half sister from my dad's previous marriage. Uh, my mom and dad um, are still together. <laughs> and they, uh, and I was the only child um, because my mom just couldn't have any more kids. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. My childhood was so full of many memorable and iconic moments. Um, mm. Chief among them was Miami. <laughs> Miami, it, little did I know that it, Miami would become my home. It used to be very easy and very common for, for us people from Latin America to travel and spend vacation in Miami. And uh, my summers in Miami were, were very meaningful, uh, not only because I loved McDonald's and uh, <laughs> and the shopping malls and the smell of new car. Oh yes. <laughs> or or the smell, of, smell. Right. Or the smell of carpet carpeting in oh. in, in the house. Uh huh. <laughs> um, Brand new. Things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so not only because of that, but little did I know that I was absorbing and getting to appreciate and love all that culture that one day would become my own. Um, and um, I, I was actually diagnosed with retin retinitis pigmentosa. That is one of my big milestone okay. uh, milestone uh, moments uh, here at uh, Bascom Palmer Eye Institute, Institute when I was nine years old. And mm. from there on, yeah, my life changed because there was something um, very different from, from the American <laughs> culture where um, you know, you're very upfront and very straightforward about things. Latin culture is the culture of the white elephant in the room. So I knew there was something going on with my eyes. I was oh, not precisely just, you know, normally, or I shouldn't say normally, just not just your typical kid wearing glasses. I knew there was something else, but it was never talked mm -hmm. about. Obviously when my vision, um, vision loss became more aggressive, uh, I struggled through high school. No one understood. No one knew how to better help me. So I had, you know, now that I 
do hindsight, I, I see that basically what I managed to do throughout high school was to have my professors do special accommodations for me. Not that I did, not that I even remotely knew that name of that concept. Um, mm -hmm. Same thing when I went to law school. I, I did. I went through law school in Honduras. Um, my mom and dad were devoted, dedicated, recording um, cassettes, recording all the codes oh, and wow. laws and textbooks, tons of textbooks. I have, you know, tons and tons of cassettes <laughs> record. There were no digital recorders. That was in the 90s, yes. the late 90s. Yeah. So that was another milestone. I graduated from law school, started practicing wow. law in Honduras. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Uh, I yeah, want to go yeah. back to when mm -hmm. you sensed there was something, but mm -hmm. you didn't know what it was. Did you feel like people were uh, talking about you, treating you, uh, walking on eggshells? Did, did you feel like they were sheltering you or anything? What did yes. you feel? Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. All of the above. <laughs> my parents sheltered mm -hmm. me a lot. Mm -hmm. um, they denied. They always went through lengths to deny that there was anything wrong or mm -hmm. anything different than just maybe a simple myopia or anything that was corrected with glasses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the, 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 the truth was even kept from me. And there's this thing uh, that's not only cultural, it's also, I think it's um, a little bit religious influence. Their thought process was, if we have faith that what the doctors are saying is not going to happen to our son and he's not going to go blind, we cannot even talk about it because that means lack of faith. So they were always saying, no, this is never going to happen. This is never going to happen because we trust that God will make a miracle and perform a miracle and you will never go blind. So I, I, I obviously I was a kid. I want, I wanted to believe that. And, and, mm -hmm. and I had faith, but, uh, and my parents did it from a place of love and with the best of intentions, they, they didn't know better. Right. Um, they were, more than protecting me, they were protecting themselves from, from the truth. But then what did they tell you about the need for eye exams and special adaptive things for your education? Well, I, at the beginning, when I was at high school, um, they, 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 were, they would never express so much of a need. Um, they would say that, you know, my eyes just got tired from all the reading that, um, you know, that's why I had loving parents mm. that they would help me read whenever my eyes got tired. Um, and, you know, I got, mm. got magnification devices and they said, you know, this is just to help you for your eyes not to get so tired. And, oh, um, you know, then, yeah, then I wasn't good at sports because obviously I couldn't, I don't think I liked sports <laughs> either way. <laughs> I'm more of a, people know me, I'm more of a yogi, um, uh, but but I was never into like you know the other kids, uh, basketball, soccer, and honestly I don't know if that was because of the gay part or because <laughs> of the visual impairment. Maybe a combination of both. Um, mm -hmm. Which yeah, I, I could never get a full full enjoyment of sports because I my vision was 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 not good. So it seems like in a way they were in denial because of the the whole faith thing. Yes, I don't yes, know. Yes, they were. They were did in they denial, seem, yes. Did they seem depressed about it? Or did they hide that too? They, 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 they used, yeah, they, they used to hide that from okay. me. Um, sometimes I would find my mom evidently, you know, in the aftermath of crying. And I would ah. ask her what's going on. And 
um, <clears throat> you know, she wouldn't say anything. I mean, mm -hmm. definitely when we came to eye exams, because I had to come to routine eye exams at Bascom yeah. Palmer. Yeah, I would, you know, go in for hours and hours and hours into the into the dark rooms where I would do the, the, the uh, visual field test and I would come out and obviously my mom was extra. She, my mom has always been so loving, but she was extra loving. Mm -hmm. And I could tell that she was in, in a sense, in, in a state of stress and, 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 and teary-eyed. Sure. Oh, wow. So that must have been confusing. It was. It was confusing, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that uh, sense of probably confusion um, took me, I don't know, I, I, I even graduated law school. And I, at that point, I knew that definitely I had something and I knew the name of my condition and I knew that um, it could or could not lead into total blindness. I did not know. I was trying everything. You know, I would drink any mm -hmm. sort of juices, like when uh, Noni came out, oh. <laughs> which was said to regenerate the cells. Um, I did embry embryonic treatment where you would, you know, oh kind of like taste it awful. Tasted oh, like, I bet. Mm -hmm. um, so I went through all sorts of different types of um, wow attempted solutions to either mm -hmm. stop it or or at that point my parents had adopted a different obviously there was no hiding it and there was no um denying that mm -hmm. my vision was deteriorating at that point they were saying that we were going to find something that would make it stop that it would not deteriorate wow. any further ah, okay yeah. so um, yeah so you had that feeling there's something wrong with me i did i did uh -huh. and and okay. and worse of all you know, the feeling that I had to hide it, that I had to conceal mm -hmm. it from, from people wow. that, you know, people mm -hmm. couldn't know that I was going blind because over there it was seen as terrible. Oh my God, right. he's going blind. The worst thing that could happen. And then they would say, oh my God, poor, you know, they wouldn't say poor me. They would say poor his parents mm -hmm. having a blind kid or having a blind, their only son is blind. <clears throat> oh my God, it's the worst, you know, and they would, and, and again, uh, some of the, and I'm not saying anything against religion. I am very spiritual. I grew up Catholic. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm a believer. Um, mm -hmm. Anthony, of whom you will hear more in a bit, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or of whom yes. you might have heard, Anthony and I are in the yes. of incorporating with with um, with the uh, Episcopalian Church. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but I but mm -hmm. I love my faith i grew up catholic and i and i love the, you know, traditions and and the belief uh having said that the unhealthy interpretation of religion of many mm -hmm. people especially in countries uh, latin american countries is and there's there's even a biblical passage about it uh people would would say what did his parents do for him to deserve this I, it got to a point where i was so tired i was like you know I just want to be free. I, I just, if I have to use a white cane, I need to use a white cane because I banged myself, you know, and going okay. in and out of the courtrooms and, 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 and or the yeah. court house. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. yeah. When I was practicing law and I would, you know, bump into things, fall off a couple of oh, steps. Oh, so you were still really struggling with this for a long time. Oh, yes. Yes. Throughout mm -hmm. my entire law practice in Honduras, I struggled with it a lot. 
uh, and I managed, you know, I, I, I became friends with people and people were very helpful and, uh, you know, sympathetic with me, but, 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 but I was still struggling. <laughs> it was, what it was kind of, what kind of law, were, what kind of law were you practicing? Corporate. Oh, interesting. So, so yeah, I did corporate. I did a lot of tax law and mm. uh, copyright law and, mm. um, I, I did some, you know, accounts payables and receivables uh, for for companies over there. So, um, yeah, that that was my struggle, and that is what took me to the point of saying, I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> I need yeah. help. Okay. And okay. Um, wow. obviously, <laughs> going back, see how the connection goes. Going back to beloved Miami, yeah. I said where my family had owned the house where um where i'm living where i've been living for the past 15 years uh and uh i said well the house is there um it was like you know people would use it as, as coming over for whatever business or medical or vacationing um they were gonna sell the house and um my wow. mom and my dad yeah my mom and my dad had um had a, a a little savings that they were using that they were going to use for their retirement, and they said let's 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 you know keep making the payments on the uh, let's not let the house go, and we'll we'll assume the mortgage. So they did that, and I am forever grateful because that secured me to be able to come over to Miami. And then I um, had a friend in Honduras, and she helped me. I was working with her. Um, I was part of the board of directors of the uh, Institute for the Blind in Honduras, uh, because at that point mm -hmm. um, I, I I wanted to connect and I wanted to do something for, for and with the blind community in Honduras. And uh, she helped me, and we found the Miami Lighthouse for the Blind. And I said, you know, I made the decision. I said, you know, I am going to get a license from the law firm where I was working. I was I'm gonna be absent for a year. And uh, I need to do a rehab program at the lighthouse. So that was another milestone. That was wow. the decision of me coming to Miami in 2005 <clears throat> and starting embarking in the process of learning how to use a white cane, um, you know, independent living skills and uh, my very, very favorite uh, technology, assistive technology, JAWS and uh, OCR um, and, you know, all the plethora of, of gadgets and, and programs that we use. When I tried going back to Honduras after I completed my rehab at the lighthouse, um, I experienced that I could not just transplant the knowledge. Basically, it, the, the program that I had gone through as a rehab was designed to work here, not yeah. okay. transplant and, you know, transfer it over mm -hmm. and work in Honduras where we don't have the infrastructure in the streets or no matter mm -hmm. white cane or no, you know, it's a hazard mm -hmm. for sighted people to walk over there. Ah, interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. your parents deal with this. Well, they, they, they were very, they were under a lot of stress because this for them meant basically <laughs> And this is going to sound funny, but it is, it is, it was me coming out of the closet, <laughs> out of the blindness closet. Mm -hmm. uh, so this was me 
no longer walking um, tighted guide with someone, but walking with a white cane. This was me, you know, publicly saying, I am going blind. I have very little mm -hmm. vision left. And this was me just accepting it. So this was stressful for them. I bet. At the, I bet. At the same, yeah. At the same time, I was going through a very, very unhealthy closeted relationship with who had been my best friend from high school and um uh it, it was very unhealthy it was it was it was a very very um because it was closeted or other aspects of it were unhealthy uh, well the yeah being closeted being the main aspect but also mm -hmm. the fact that uh he didn't he never he never had any aspirations of ever coming out and we started parting Uh, you know, going on different directions. Um, he wanted mm -hmm. both so of us really to. Painful. Mm, yeah, it was very painful because he wanted both of us to marry uh, women, and he oh, even had a girlfriend. Uh, oh. Well, he he pretended that he was just um, having that relationship to cover appearances, but I saw them got more and more and more engaged and more involved, and and she she was also suffering. Um, I was suffering, and I said, "Listen, I, 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 I cannot, uh, I cannot deal with this, and I cannot deal with me doing this to an innocent woman, like lying to a woman just to cover my appearances. No, I, I will never do mm -hmm. that. Let alone bring children into a family that's doomed to failure. Because I'm never going to be happy. I'm never going to make her happy. No, this is, this is not me, and I'm not going to do this. Mm -hmm. So that broke us apart, and that solidified my determination to to uh live here in miami so that was a milestone um the decision of staying here and not going back after the training of the lighthouse i started um reconnecting with with business partnerships that i had established with some um some uh companies that i worked for as a lawyer and they were very supportive and you know i was able to come up with a business plan in which I was going to become their um, agent or, you know, I was going to be representing them uh, for exporting their product, their goods and products to the U.S. market, mainly coffee. So that's how I was able to secure first a work visa. And uh, then I started with, with a, a whole bunch of, of efforts. Um, I went from a work visa to a student visa because then the projects with the companies were done with then came the crisis of 2008 uh so mm. businesses went were all suffering and they <coughs> said we cannot invest anymore so basically they said you know we've supported you for all these years but now you're on your own we cannot continue with this business um agreement mm. in terms of trying to sell in the u.s What? the u.s you know markets were dropping oh so i was gosh. able to go to um, miami-dade college and i started studying i secured a, a, a a student visa and then from there finally I was able to work my way into establishing full residency um, and uh, went um, okay in the process that's that's another milestone I do have to say this because I always am so proud to say and I we, we're gonna go back to BPI here mm -hmm. um, finding BPI for me was a life-changing experience back in 2008 because and it's and it's funny i I've, i think i've written it in some articles and some 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 things that i've done for bpi this is 
how it happened. I was so depressed. I, I was convinced that I had to be the single only blind gay person in the entire world. Oh. I was like, I was, I was like, you know, I would be in prayers and I would be, I would have conversations <laughs> with oh. a big boss up there. And I would say, really, what are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I. So you really went, felt alone. I felt very alone. Yes. Very alone. Extremely alone. And my parents, especially my mom, never, well, never, uh, they were always very, very, very close to me. But, you know, the uh, the love and the understanding and the support that I got from them was, I, I know it sounds selfish, but was not enough. I needed something mm, else. I needed that yes, connection, that level sure. of feeling that I was not mm -hmm. alone. Um, you didn't know any other people who were blind and gay at the same time. Exactly. You yeah. did not know any others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did they so feel I, about the fact that you loved men? Did they? Oh, mean, well, that at that point, um, they were kind of the uh, same thing with the blindness. They were kind of in denial <laughs> 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 and uh, partially or greatly my fault. I uh -huh. had not fully come out to them. Um, mm -hmm. So everything was, again, the white elephant. And that was when I found BPI and uh, I found BPI by typing. I, I went to Google and I typed blind gay. <laughs> wow. Look yes. at that. And there it was BPI. Yay. ACB. Uh, Look at yay, that. Yay. ACB. Absolutely. Wow. Um, definitely a life changer. Um, I wouldn't say, uh, that I, that I, you know, that I would, that I would have gone, uh, Unfortunately, as many, many people do and, you know, attempting to do something uh, hurting themselves. I, I, I never. No, you, you know, that. you strike, you strike me as someone who always had a good bit of self-esteem. I mean, even Thank though you, you struggled. Yeah, you really do. I mean, you struggled with trying to, you know, kind of make things okay or go away etc and at the same time you were the one that said i need help with blindness i can't do all this you were the one that said but i can't go and marry a woman this is what i mm -hmm. feel this is who i am that takes self-esteem wow thank you for saying that i honestly never never seen it from that perspective but yes mm -hmm. yes you're absolutely right i i did make those decisions uh, basically out of, I don't know, <laughs> out of uh, mm -hmm. internal force <laughs> guiding mm -hmm. me to, yeah. to do what was right. Uh, yeah, I've, mm -hmm. I've always had that, that strong connection with my inner self in terms of mm -hmm. knowing what, what I should do. Mm -hmm. So I found BPI and, uh, and uh, like I said, life changer. And again, uh, I went into the um, um, ACB family through BPI. Um, then I solidified my participation with ACB through FCB. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but first was BPI. Through FCB, F okay. FCB, you yeah, Florida Council. You went to blind. BPI first, then went to FCB? Yes, actually yeah. I did. I went okay. to BPI first and then to FCB. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, uh, that was uh, a milestone. I, I, I started meeting 
many, many wonderful individuals, uh, members of back then B flag and BPI mm-hmm. and uh, who have become some of my closest and dearest friends. And then uh, uh, I, I went back to school because I had all the uh, business uh, mm-hmm. experience, but no, no actual knowledge to support it. So that was my other milestone when I went to Barry to get an MBA. Um, oh, so okay. I did that. And uh, at that point, I was already involved with FCB. My first mm-hmm. actual um, big event for the Florida Council of the Blind was that I was part of the, I think back then I, I was the vice president of the Miami Beach chapter. Okay. So wow. the president of the Miami Beach chapter could not attend uh, the board meeting that we usually have in November, uh, which is like a, some sort of like mid-year where it's mm-hmm. like an executive board meeting and it's mandatory for all board representatives from the state to go and it's a lot of business. So when he couldn't go and he asked me uh, if I could represent the Miami Beach chapter, I was terrified. And uh, wow, what a life-changing weekend that was. Another milestone. I was my first real interaction with people with guide dogs. So that's, oh. that's something that really, really... Um, struck a chord and 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 just left me in a sense in a state of awe (laughs) yeah it sounds like it and knowing yeah yeah, you see what i love about you is you have such a big heart so you know that's one of the things that i think has gone such a wonderful way to help you to continue to develop bpi to be so all-inclusive like i was thinking just a few moments ago that I think you probably have always felt that there's a, well, a difference or a, an avenue for spirituality that may and may not always be a part of religion. So it Mm -hmm. seems to me, I mean, I just feel like you're an older soul. You've got this (laughs) sense of what is, you know, what is spirituality? So I think even when you heard all this religious stuff, you felt your spirit. So I'm guessing that even with the dogs, you felt the spirit and the heart of the beauty of having a guide dog. Oh, yeah. Sweet, sweet connection. The sweet connection. Yeah. And and that relationship, that teamwork and that, Mm -hmm. um, that idea of, of, of having such a bond, mm-hmm. beautiful bond uh, that goes beyond, beyond the, the actual work of guiding, but, mm-hmm. uh, but the, that level of, of connection with, with a creature that, that has, that, that's so genuine and so loving and so unconditional. So that's, that's what I admire. Yeah, that is beautiful. Yeah. So you found yourself at that meeting and I also think that's what also it brought you to a different point of your own leadership that weekend. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because I was surrounded by so many knowledgeable people. I, I'm, I, I, if you can tell, I'm avoiding to say names because I have so yeah. many influential people right. um, who have helped me uh, in this path. 
that I'm I'm surely going to miss <laughs> names, and I don't want to. Uh, uh, I know that, that's how <laughs> that's my level of inclusivity. <laughs> you folks out there listening <laughs> to ACB Radio, you know who you are, both mm-hmm. in BPI and in FCB and and ACB mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, but FCB it's grown. Yeah, definitely. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. So. Um, so many mentors, so many people who guided me and, and just to see so many functional and mm-hmm. successful and dedicated and smart and, oh my God, <laughs> all the adjectives that I can think of, blind people, uh-huh. you know, in, in one hotel conducting business um, mm-hmm. just, just left me uh, wow. perplexed and 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 wanting more it gave me a taste for more and like i said especially the guide dog connection when when i saw all these people with guide dogs navigating smoothly swiftly through those hotels always now where are your parents in this equation now are they still are they still around and have they gotten on board with some of this Uh, they've gotten on board with some of that especially because i'm sharing with them all mm-hmm. the excitement that I'm feeling, mm-hmm. uh, especially because I'm calling them on the phone and I'm telling them, oh my God, I met these people, I met such and such, and they do this, they do that. Um, you know, they have amazing jobs and they have wonderful careers and they do so much. And I started telling them about dogs. Uh, my parents at the beginning were like, okay, we are not even fully <laughs> comfortable with the cane. And that is something that you can fold and hide if <laughs> uh-huh. you need slash want to. Now, a dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they said, why don't you think about it and put it aside? And, and, then, and then they started to, to, to bring, you know, some other... They, they uh, I, at the beginning, I was telling them it was offensive for me to 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 for them to tell me that uh, you know if if a dog was definitely no hiding or no denying, I was like, mm. Mom, Dad, dog or no dog, there's no hiding it or no denying it. That's now, right. I, I don't am the need vice to. president yeah. of the Miami Beach Council of the Blind. <laughs> I go to you know I'm planning to go to a, my first National American Council of the Blind convention, which I did in 2012. And, oh, uh, and there's no, and, you know, there's no denying it anymore. So a dog is, 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 I need to do what's best for me. And I need to stop about whether people know or they don't know. If someone's not on board, uh, that's, uh, I'm sorry, but that's, that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. So um, I started, that's when I started my list, my famous list of what I called my list. I, I opened a, a, a document on my computer and I opened my list of uh, pros and cons for getting a dog because my mom was the first one. Oh, can you imagine? How are you going to groom the dog? So I, you know, put grooming <laughs> as a con. And then my dad was like, you know, dogs have to go to the bathroom. How are you going to? So I, you know, put on the list of cons, taking the dog to <laughs> relief. <laughs> and uh-huh. then I started doing the pros. But, uh, Next milestone in my life was uh, 2012, July, Louisville. <laughs> I said it right mm-hmm. this time. <laughs> Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, uh, Louisville. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, the, uh, yeah, 2012, that, that's when I, you know, met so many other people, made so many connections. 
uh, really became involved with BPI, became the treasurer for BPI uh, at that convention. And then obviously my list of pros and cons continued. And uh, next milestone, I think, was um, end of February of 2013, end of February, beginning of March, when mm -hmm. I decided to revisit that list. Uh -huh. um, I continued, just really quickly, I'm going to tell you, I continued, my parents mainly continued, and, and I obliged <laughs> with efforts of trying to do something to save whatever little vision I had or whatever, yeah. you know, recover. Oh. So that drove us to, to Vancouver, Canada, where there was mm -hmm. this, you know, famous um, Asian uh, doctor from China who was doing some miraculous acupuncture treatment, which helped a little bit, but it wasn't anything significant and it didn't you know it didn't last one of those trips to vancouver ended up with my mom in the hospital because she had an emergency and it was just my mom and myself usually it would be the three of us but at that mm -hmm. point it was my mom and myself and it, that got me thinking that was january of 2013 that got me thinking how helpful would it be if i instead of doing my my stubborn list of pros and cons if i would have a guide dog right now um so when I came back from, from that uh, trip in February, I started revisiting the list. And one night, mm -hmm. I remember, I opened up the list <clears throat> and I started reading the pros and the cons. And, you know, I, I, I felt that in my heart. I said, you know what? I don't really care about that list. <laughs> I feel, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't care about it anymore. I just feel that I want it. I, this is what Good I want to do. You. Uh -huh. this is my, my heart is calling for this. So I deleted the document. And I opened up the, I had already bookmarked on my, on my, um, on my browsers, uh, the, um, the uh, sites for different schools. So I applied to mm -hmm. three or four different schools and um, I heard back from Guiding Eyes for the Blind in New York and I fell in love with the school. So everything moved so quickly. The other schools were a little bit slower to respond. Anyway, at that point, I was already, uh, I was already <laughs> in love. I know all schools are great, but um, but I just fell in love with Guiding Eyes. So and the people. Well, good for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and, and, the, and the process moved so quickly and so smoothly. It was definitely meant to be. And then, um, you know, that very quickly, like like a month after my application, I already had the field rep doing my home interview. We did that. We went out for a walk. Um, beginning of May, I got accepted. Mid-May, um, mm -hmm. they told me that they had a dog for me and that I needed to go for training in July. Broke my heart. I tried to work around it because it was it was convention. it meant that I was going to miss convention Columbus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I was yeah. very involved with BPI, and I was part of the planning mm -hmm. committee for the convention in Columbus. Mm -hmm. And I had to make a very tough decision, toughest decision mm -hmm. ever. But, uh, but I said to myself, I, I really need, there's going to be many, many other conventions. Um, and, and, and I do need a guide dog. I was at school. I was still doing my, my master's. Uh, so, so it had to be over the summer. I couldn't take mm -hmm. off, you know, September or October. It had to be in the summer. Um, so yeah, they, they told me July was the month um, that, they, they, they had a spot for me and a dog. So I took it and obviously another milestone life 
changing July 3rd of 2013 when I got matched with my beautiful Posh. Oh, sweet. That's wonderful. Wow. So now is your family more accepting? Oh, yes. Yes. No, my parents. Oh, isn't that funny? My parents love Posh. Um, Look at all the energy. (laughs) Yes. I joke with them. I tell them that she's, she's their granddaughter. And they yeah. treat her like they treat her like yeah. like like granddaughter. Um, you know, she, she they 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 spoil her so much. Uh, she 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 sleeps in bed with them when when they visit or when we go to Honduras. And I go out. I in Honduras I don't take her out everywhere because you know uh, we don't have ADA over there. So when I go out with friends or my cousins, I leave her, and I always find her cuddled up in between my mom and dad in their bed. Oh, so sweet. So sweet. Yeah, so how do you her. feel about the cons on that list now? <laughs> oh my God. I don't even remember. I mean, <laughs> brushing posh. Has become like, you know, I have, for those of you who don't know, I have a shaved head, so I don't have to brush myself. So, Hey, I have to brush posh. So that's, <laughs> that balances out. Uh-huh. And the, um, and the relieving the dog, you know, relieving the dog has become second nature it's like Mm -hmm. nothing it's like mm. I always thought that it was going to take me hours or it's going to it was going to take you know a big chunk of time away from a schedule and I was going to miss transportation or I was going to be late or I was going to be having to find places no that's just nothing and um and honestly um there's still a con and that's you know people who do not like dogs or who do not understand and um Ultimately, I've, I've resolved and decided that, you know, mm-hmm. hey, you know, this is, this is a part of me. Mm-hmm. I don't bring my dog just because I want to. She is my right. eyes. Yeah. And, uh, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and if, you know, and if someone doesn't like my dog, well, too bad. You know, you're loved. Yeah, I, right. I, yeah. My dog is That's a part right. of me and, and, and she's, That's and right. she's going mm-hmm. with me. Um, okay. So if I'm not welcome, I mean, if my dog is not welcome, well, neither am I. So mm-hmm. there you <laughs> yeah. go. Okay. So another of my milestones, um, which actually, I don't know if to call it a milestone or a dream come true was January of 2015. I already had Posh with me. So she went through the process. I um, went to my interview and uh, got approved for U.S. citizenship. Um, that was just something that, um, as I told you, when I was, since I was a kid and, uh, came to Miami for vacation, I absorbed and admired and, um, just assimilated the, um, culture of the United States, the American culture, uh, and, and, and I fell in love with it. And, um, Growing up in a country where I always admired not only the political system, but the uh, lifestyle, the American dream, the freedom, the land of opportunities to become a citizen. I I cried that day and um, it was it was huge. And um, I always felt that it was everything works in such a perfect timing uh i became a citizen and i went to my oath ceremony actually i still remember it was january 30th of 2015 
And um, that same year, um, I had um, been approved. I had won um, the first year that J.P. Morgan did the scholarships to attend um, mid-year meetings. The Now we know them as D.C. leadership meetings. Back then it was legislative seminar. Um, so it felt it was amazing to be able to go into Capitol Hill already a full-fledged citizen. It was just uh, an amazing feeling. And to the day, I I embrace my U.S. citizenship like you have no idea. Um, like I said, I've always admired this country, and uh, it was always a, a dream to one day be a full-fledged citizen of this great nation. So I'm very proud of that. Well, very good. Okay. So you have, you know, huge milestones. So (laughs) now, uh, have they come around to your, your feeling about the kind of partner that's important to you? Oh, my, my parents, Uh it has Mm -hmm. taken them a while. Uh, and they've, you know, the, the, the process has been, um, from definitely no, we cannot believe this. How did this happen? <laughs> uh, et cetera. To now, you know, they, 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 they you know, they accept it. Um, okay. Some, the Some last pieces, couple of years have yeah. been, yeah, the last couple of years have been just, uh, have, have, have been very monumental changes mm-hmm. happening in, in, in that sense because, I, I was faced with, with a dilemma. Sometimes my mom would tell me, why don't you hold off? And she says, I'm old enough. Let me get to the end of my life and then you do whatever you want. And then, you know, that was a dilemma for me because I came back with a counter offer or a counter. Uh, I, I told them, listen, we are a very, very small unit it's three of us now four with posh <laughs> um but it's but i've but i've been too close to you all my life you've always been just mm-hmm. a huge part of my life so i cannot please do not ask me to do that and put mm-hmm. my life on hold because i want you to live to be 120 right there you <laughs> go beautiful so mm-hmm. so so I, I cannot be waiting for you to no longer be around. Actually, I want to be happy and I want to be fulfilled and I want to share that happiness with there you. There you go. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So that has gotten us into the, you know, it, like I told you, it, it was it made me face a dilemma whether, okay, whether mm-hmm. I keep myself as closeted as possible, at least in front of them. But then that was kind of compartmentalizing my life and being one person with them and a different person. And I, mm-hmm. that was bothering me mm-hmm. so much because I wanted to be authentic and I wanted to be, I wanted to be who I am no matter what. Wow. My eating it is, is actually oh. um, kind of agreeing that there's something wrong, that there's something that mm-hmm. needs to be kept a secret. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they made progress and um, that, you know, big other milestone <laughs> Most yeah. recent milestone you know rochester <laughs> uh-huh uh yes i met beautiful beautiful people i met 
such made such wonderful connections. Uh, you know, you're one of them <laughs> oh. in Rochester. Yeah, yeah just absolutely. sitting there having dinner one night. I love it. Just having All dinner. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the Florida gang. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, it was the Florida dinner. Uh-huh. And that's where we met. And that's right. Started chatting and <laughs> became very good the friends. Good yeah. friends that we are now. Yeah. And I met mm-hmm. my now partner. Um, you met him Anthony. there at that conf- at that convention. Yes, Anthony and I met at Rochester. Okay. And uh, I'm uh, I'm not gonna say it. Anthony's from New York. <laughs> so right, right. Yeah, because so, uh, I knew you had a different partner from years a few years back. I yes. Think. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I I I was with someone else from BPI mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it, you know mistakes yeah. that we all make and we're still very sure. good friends and good. I care for him a lot and we good. talk good um, yeah we still collaborate on many aspects but no mm-hmm. Anthony uh, you know you know you know the yeah. difference when you hit the yeah. one I've also mm-hmm. had partners from the sighted world and I've okay. never felt the way I felt with Anthony yeah. and oh. he, same with him it was an instant connection and it was like oh, god. oh my god like I boom like like <laughs> like lightning it's Oh my God, no that's it. so good. <laughs> and like Anthony says, you know, being from New York, he, and I'm gonna, you know, keep it PG, but he says, "Who falls in love in effing Rochester, New York?" <laughs> 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 but we did, um, and that was that was all. Also, um, I think finding my the partner, my, my, my person who I want to mm-hmm. spend the rest of my life with was also very, very powerful for me to be, feel more motivated to mm-hmm. bring, bring more awareness to my parents and say, Hey, I really want you to meet him because yeah. I, you know, that was another big moment for us because I've never, you know, they've met partners without knowing that they're partners, you know, introduce them as friends, but no, this time mm-hmm. I said, He's my partner. We have plans for future, and I want you to meet him. So wow. that was that, and um, and we've done that. And now, um, Anthony was able to. We started the moving process mm-hmm. earlier, just just before the whole pandemic. Exploded. I know so, it. That was yeah. really interesting. Yes, I'm. Telling I mean, you, because we were really, so blessed. when when the pandemic you know, early in March. So when did Anthony move there? So Anthony moved uh, March 11th. Oh my God. <laughs> that yeah. is so incredible. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's it was incredible. amazing. Yeah. So, so now we're a family of four. We have, I, you know, Anthony oh, has his guy has dog. His dog. <laughs> I know. Yes. Oh my gosh. And so now how has your family, I mean, how could they not get along well with Anthony? My dad has not met him yet because oh. they were planning to spend mm-hmm. Easter because Easter is, is the hol- holiday in Latin America the entire week. But obviously right. there's there's shelter in place, so there's no flights, nothing. Um, so my mom met Anthony. She's, mm-hmm. uh, she, she loves him, but she was a little bit apprehensive at the beginning just because mm-hmm. of the fact that it was meeting my partner. So the whole concept. Right. So at the beginning, she was not allowing herself to know Anthony yeah, right for himself 
but she was more about oh my god this is Gabriel's partner oh my god this is Gabriel's oh my partner god. yeah so exactly. so she was always trying to avoid um mm -hmm. you know having like a like a uh, like a serious or yeah heart to heart conversation with us mm -hmm. or with him she would be like she she's a phenomenal chef she's the best chef anyone <laughs> who knows her can tell you that yeah. uh and yeah. so she's all, and and she's always trying to feed you <laughs> so she was always <laughs> trying to look for an excuse oh i'm going to cook this mm. i'm going to serve you you know she's always trying to do something and so anthony right. grabbed her by the hand and she said marina sit down I don't want to eat anymore. I want to talk to you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So did she? Yeah. Yes, she did. <laughs> oh, she beautiful. did. I think Anthony was able to capture her attention for a beautiful. Minute. My dad oh. is a very jovial, very, very funny, very easygoing man. Mm -hmm. So, and my mom has very fluent English. My dad is a little bit more limited, but my dad, you know, my dad, when he gets on the phone, I put him on speaker and, and they chat, they chat and, you know, in their own, mm -hmm. in my dad's own English. And especially <laughs> my dad, sometimes over the weekend, he likes to take a couple of uh, uh, Johnny Walker Black Label as his drink of choice. So after he's had a couple, <laughs> I guess his English becomes more fluent. <laughs> so they met over the phone, yeah. yeah. Well, that's beautiful. It does sound like a lot of progress has been made and I think again it goes back to your sense your self-esteem you following your heart you following your sense of truth amen to that yes it's not always easy but it's 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 I've figured and I have understood that it's always the right thing to do uh, be true to yourself uh, mm -hmm. be genuine um, follow that sense of authenticity and uh no matter what people think or say, as long as you are not damaging or mm -hmm. affecting anyone else, you, you, you do not have to feel responsible for anyone else's decisions, but your, your own. And, uh, and I know that you do that. You, I'm sure, have lots of people, both of you, who come to you with different levels of concern or crisis and things that they're going through in finding their own level of comfort, whether it be with blindness or gayness oh, yes. or, yes. you know, yes, yes, yes. And, and in my case, particularly I have been working, this is something that I didn't mention, but uh, I, I know, I don't know how I skipped it, but uh, another milestone in my life was, uh, when I started the process of uh, becoming uh, a certified life coach. So oh, that's I, right. Yeah, I did that. And, and I based a lot of my life coaching techniques and, uh, and um, uh, parameters on my own personal experience, on my mm -hmm. life experiences and how being true and authentic to myself um, and not letting others dictate the norm. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. by which I am going to find myself and find my place in this world. Mm -hmm. um, just, just not letting the outside noise quiet my inner voice and mm -hmm. always trusting that God instinct, always trusting that the voice coming from within is the voice of truth. 
because uh, you know I'm, I'm I combine a little bit of spirituality like mm-hmm. you said earlier I, I I do believe that we are created from a higher source and that higher source mm-hmm. is not out there it's inside mm-hmm. is there anything else we have not touched on that you want to make sure we get in here I mean we could probably go for hours we've I, I guess we've talked I think we, you know, I had forgotten the life coaching part that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, just, but that's some one. way that you help people. That is a way that you help people. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. And are I you love taking clients? People. I am. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm in the process of finishing up my website, and Good. it'll be out. Um, I, I, I mean, it's not out there, but I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you. <laughs> I'll give you the. Uh, okay. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, uh-huh. My my website is beyourownbeacon.com. Mm, beautiful. Now, are you out of work now otherwise, or are you still working? Because I know you've, you know, been busy yes. working. Yes, I'm, I'm working. I'm working as the adaptive technology specialist at Miami-Dade College. Oh, okay. And uh, yes, even uh, throughout the pandemic i've been working from home good um, okay yeah with especially with all the blind and visually impaired students taking you know transitioning to an online learning environment they need assistance mm-hmm. with with their okay. d- diverse assistive technologies that they use okay. so okay i've been working with them from you know through zoom or phone and how can people reach you? How can people reach out to you? What ways do you want to give? <laughs> Absolutely. So my phone number is area code 786-547-5465. And uh, my email address for now is Lopez Cafati. That's L-O-P-E-Z-K-A-F-A-T-I at gmail.com. And uh, like I said, um going to let everyone know when my website is up i'm still not sure whether i'm going to go with because i got two domains i got be your own beacon.com and be your beacon.com so i'll i'll probably activate both of them and there's also our website actually my phone number is also on the bpi website because as president um we we put out put out the uh, number of the president for contact so bpi has its own website which is blind I couldn't be more grateful, even in the midst of everything that's going on in the world, um, to have such beautiful connections. I am so proud and so happy to be a part of the ACB family. Um, mm. Anthony and I are making everything possible to make this family grow. And, I know uh, you are. And securing uh, mm-hmm. BPI as a strong healthy and supportive affiliate of our greater ACB family. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, just, I'm so grateful for all the beautiful connections that have come to my life. Thank you so much. Anything that you put your hands on is beautiful. That I know. Oh, you are so sweet. (laughs) Anything that you set your mind to is beautiful. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much.